Stay connected and never miss a beat with AT&T. Our reliable network covers more roads than any other carrier, ensuring you're always in the loop. Whether it's tournament upsets, buzzer beaters, or social media buzz, stay up to date. Don't let the action pass you by. Check if you're eligible for a free trial of in-car Wi-Fi at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. And keep the madness going. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Career Builder is made for people who have that thing. You know, those superpowers that make you good at your job. The skills you bring to work. And Career Builder knows those skills make you right for other jobs too. Higher paying jobs with benefits. Jobs you never thought of trying. Are you a people person? Work from home as a customer service rep. Are you organized and like driving? Become a delivery driver. You have the skills it takes, and CareerBuilder.com has the jobs to get you hired fast. Visit CareerBuilder.com. Looking for a better solution to keep your firearms in high-performance condition? Visit RiptideArmory.com for the most advanced proprietary gun cleaning formula on the market. Right now, get up to $40 off any cleaning kit for a limited time on RiptideArmory.com and take advantage of this amazing deal today. Riptide's two-step cleaning kit offers state-of-the-art technology and guaranteed satisfaction. Riptide Armory is a veteran-founded business, and you can trust that all chemicals are American-made and quality-tested. Shop RiptideArmory.com. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Breaking down every game every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. A warmer for the low. Welcome to lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Craig Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. We've got a tremendous podcast for you. It's in the second segment. You're going to be joined by Jeff Parles. Does amazing work over here at the network. A man that is going to be very busy during the weekends covering college football and the NFL, but... On top of that, does an amazing job taking a look at baseball and also does quite a bit in terms of soccer as well. So a man of very, very many talents and a man that I always love having on this podcast. We're going to be talking about what we've been seeing in terms of some of these playoff races. And then on top of that, we are going to be having ourselves a great chat about what we're going to be seeing on Monday and some of the teams that may have been heating up and cooling down. So we're going to be having that chat in the second segment, in the final segment. Going to give you guys picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Monday as we touch them all first things first. Always do love to be able to answer Twitter questions on this podcast. If you got one or two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at unit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters CM. Maybe it does not matter. So as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. You're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. If I had that five star review, really did not wind up getting in any Twitter questions today, but had a great day of baseball on Sunday. Let's take a look back at it. Try to find some trends and try to get to another. He seems a little bit better. A game from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. The Chicago White Sox wind up getting swept by the Arizona Diamondbacks. They wind up losing the final game of the set by a count of 3-2 to two as Dylan Cease relatively solid start. 
Gives up two runs over the course of eight innings. And then from there, Kendall Graveman gives up a run in an inning. And for the Chicago White Sox, this is one of those days in which the bats they just were not working. Zach Davies gives up two runs in five and two-thirds innings. But then from there, a bullpen that's not been so great as Noe Ramirez and Kennedy both lend a scoreless inning. And Kevin Ginkle, four outs out of the bullpen scoreless. And you did wind up having a pair of bombs hit off of Dylan C. says Sergio Alcantara winds up getting home run. Number four of the campaign, and this was the first home run of the season for young Stone Garrett as for the Chicago White Sox. They do wind up going just one of three with men in scoring position. whole lot of singles, not a lot happening there. And for the Chicago White Sox, we'll talk a little bit more about this in the second segment. 63 and 65 right now. That's just deplorably bad. You know what else is deplorably bad? Josh Hader, ever since he's come over to the San Diego Padres, is north of a 25 ERA. 15 to 7. The Kansas City Royals get it done as Hader. He got one out and he gave up six runs, all of which were earned. Just a sad, sad state of affairs as Will Myers wanted to get the final two outs for Hader. And he didn't wind up giving up any runs in his two-thirds. But I think Luis Garcia blends a scoreless setting along Stephen Wilson to Bell Crismet. Tim Hill, they combine for an inning. Crismet gives up three unearned runs, hurt by the fielding in this one. And Chaminea, he continues to be terrible as well. Gives up six runs over the course of four innings, including a home run as going deep off of him was... Mr. Michael A. Taylor, 7th home run season, then Salvador Perez goes deep off into Bell Christmas, 18th home run season for John Easley. Not the greatest there in the world. He gives up four runs, three of which were earned, including two bombs. Manny Machado winds up taking him deep twice for his 23rd and 24th home runs of the season. And Anthony Machevich serves one up to Juan Soto for Soto's 24th home run season as he gave up two runs and didn't get a single up. But Dylan Coleman winds up blending a scoreless ending out of the bullpen. Brad Keller, Scott Barlow combined for a scoreless setting. Jose Cuas, Amir Garrett, a scoreless setting between the two of them. And Luke Weaver was able to give up a run in an inning to be able to get it done for the Royals says we wind up seeing a bunch of big underdogs wind up hitting on this day. The Minnesota Twins, not one of them, 8-3. They wind up taking down the San Francisco Giants as Jacob Junis. Six runs surrendered and four and a third innings, including a homer as Jake Cave gets home run number two of the season from there. You did wind up having Tyler Rogers, Charlene Garcia, and Scott Alexander all lend a scoreless inning as Alex Young. He gives up two runs in two-thirds of an inning, and for the Giants, they go 2-11 of 11 with men in scoring position. Aron Sanchez winds up giving up two runs in three and two-thirds innings, and then the bullpen went to work. Emilio Pagan gives up one run in two-thirds of an inning, but Devin Smeltzer, long guy, two and two-thirds innings, scoreless Michael Fulmer, Ode Lopez, all in a scoreless setting, and for the Giants, they now find themselves at 61 and 65. It's been a really bad year for them. The New York Yankees were one of those two-plus-dollar favorites that wind up falling 4-1. to one. The Oakland A's wind up getting it done. Clark Schmidt, four runs surrendered in four and a third innings. Anthony Banda winds up giving a pair of outs out of the bullpen. Luke Barta, scoreless inning, and then Greg Weisert was able to lend two scoreless innings, but for the Yankees, bigger than that, the offense was unable to get going as Adrian Martinez... Fresh off of a call-up from AAA. One run surrendered in five and a third inning. Sam Mall, four outside the bullpen scoreless. Joel Pyops gives you an out of the bullpen. And Domingo Acevedo and A.J. Puck. They combine for scoreless eighth and ninth innings. The Colorado Rockies, they were the biggest underdog on the board. They were right around a plus 290. They wind up being able to get the job done against Mad Max Scherzer by kind of 1-0. I mean, this wasn't a bad start for Max Scherzer as 
He winds up allowing the lone run of the game, 11 strikeouts, 7 innings pitch. So, we needed his part. Michael Givens, Yoli Rodriguez, they both landed scoreless innings, but Irma Marquez was just better. 7 scoreless innings. Gets, gives up just one hit in this spot. Carlos Aceves and then Daniel Bart, they combined for a scoreless inning apiece, both giving up one hit apiece. So, not a lot doing for the Mets on offense. Nothing doing for the Philadelphia Phillies on offense. As the Phillies... They looked more like the Sillies. They wind up getting shut out by the Pirates by a count of 5-0. Juan Oronte Contreras, five scoreless settings. Manny Benuelos, two scoreless settings. Wayne Underwood and Will Crow. They all end a scoreless setting. And for the Pittsburgh Pirates, they go 3-7 of seven with Ben in squaring position. Thor wound up struggling in this one, giving up all five runs at five and two-thirds settings. And Nick Nelson, four outs out the bullpen scoreless. Connor Brogdon, Sam Coonrod. They both end a scoreless setting. But another one of these big underdogs that wound up going down as you just take a look at the National League alone and you wind up having just in National League games and National League games only, the underdogs wind up going 3-3. Three and three. And one of those underdogs was the Washington Nationals. DK Nation pick winds up going down as Patrick Corbin surprisingly winds up landing a good start 3-2. to two. Washington Nationals get it done for Corbin. Two runs, one of which was earned surrendered in six innings. He did wind up giving up a home run to Stuart Fairchild. Third home run season, but buckled down from there. Second straight start in which he allowed fewer than four runs as Nick Lodolo. He gives up three runs in seven innings. Washington got a home run off of him with Iliarmo Vargas. Getting home run number four of the season. And for the Nationals, Hunter RV, Carl Woods Jr., along with Kyle Finnegan. London scoreless setting and Art Warren scoreless setting for the Cincinnati Reds and among the north of $2 favorites that wind up cashing as we wind up having three in total. And among teams that were at least a plus 150, I believe six wind up cashing in total. Might have actually been seven when it's all said and done. Another one of those big underdogs, that'd be the LA Angels. They completely pummeled the Toronto Blue Jays. Eight to three, the finalists. It was a hit parade in this one as Mike Trout gets his 28th home run season off of David Phelps. You wind up having Luis Ranifo go deep out for the starter in Ross Stripling, 10th home run season. Also off of Stripling, Kurt Suzuki, 4th home run season, and Tim May. Zell winds up giving one up to Shoya Otani. 28th home run season for Stripling. Gives up two of those homers. Three runs in total over the course of six innings. And then it turned into a calamity from the bullpen. Trevor Richards and Unearned Run give it up in an inning. Adam Simber, Tim Meza. They combine to give up three runs in an inning with Meza giving up one of those homers. Phelps gives up the other one. David Phelps, one run surrendered while getting two outs. As Yusei Kikuchi not being utilized out of the bullpen. He got not out of the bullpen for the Blue Jays. One of nine with men in scoring position. They did have George Springer wind up going yard. 19th home run season. It was too little too late at this point as it won coming off of Gerardo Reyes who winds giving up a run in the ninth inning. Aime Badia in long relief. Gives up one run in two innings as Tucker Davidson. He walks five and four innings but gives up just one run. So he wriggled out of that. Jesse Chavez. Andrew Wants. They both were able to lend a scoreless setting. The Milwaukee Brewers wound up not being one of those favorites that wound up going down 9-7. to seven. They bumble the Chicago Cubs as this was not Adrian Sampson's day. He gives up one run over the course of three and a third innings, but had to leave this game early. And then Sean Newcomb gives up six runs in an inning, including a pair of bombs going deep for the Milwaukee Brewers. Colton Wong, 10th home run season. Christian Yelich, his 11th. You did wind up having Luke Farrell from there give up two runs in two and two-thirds innings. No relation to Will Rowan Wick. A scoreless setting for the Milwaukee Brewers. Things very nearly turned into a calamity for them as you did wind up having a pair of runs surrendered by Brian Boxberger in the ninth inning, including a homer going deep for the Chicago Cubs off of them. Framio Reyes, 12th home run season. Nico Horner gets home run number eight off of starter Eric Lowers. Now, allowed 17 home runs. Over the course of his last 14 starts, gives up four runs in five innings in this one. You did wind up having Peter Strzelski 
give you five outs out of the bullpen while allowing a run. Hobie Milner, he winds up being able to get four outs out of the bullpen, scoreless, and then Devin Williams, he comes in for the safe, scoreless inning. He has given up just three earned runs over the course of his last 40 appearances, by the way. The Miami Marlins, they had scored four runs or fewer, now 24 out of their last 26 games. Nothing new for them on Sunday. 8-1, to one, the Dodgers wind up taking them down as Julio Arias gives up a solo run over the course of six innings, going deep off of him. Brett Anderson, six home run season from there. Bruce Arter, Gratterall, Chris Martin, Alex Vesia, I'll give you a squirrel setting and Mookie Betts. Fourth home run of the series, 31st of the campaign, and then Trace Thompson gets home run number seven of the season. That all comes off of Edward Cabrera, who winds up allowing six runs, including those two bombs in five and two-thirds innings. Richard Blyer, two scoreless innings out of the bullpen. Cole Solzer allows two runs in an inning, and Tommy Nance winds up getting it out of the bullpen. The Tampa Bay Rays just completely pummel a Boston Red Sox team that has by far the worst bullpen ERA in the big league since the All-Star break by nearly a full point. 12-4. The Tampa Bay Rays get it done. Isaac Paredes, two home runs in this one off of Nick Pavetta. 17th and 18th home run season for Pavetta. He is now 9-10. and 10. He gives up five runs in five innings, including a pair of bombs. And Akaza Saramona saw his ERA go upward, giving up three runs over the course of an inning. Austin Davis, he gives up four runs, two of which were earned in his two innings of work. Ryan Brazier, scoreless inning. And for the Boston Red Sox, three of home runs in this one. Tommy Pham, he winds up getting home run number 15 of the season off of Corey Kluber. Kluber also serves one up to Franchi Cardero, eighth home run of the season, and J.D. Martinez gets home run number 10 off of him as Kluber allows three runs in six innings, all via solo home runs. Colin Pooch was able to give you a scoreless setting out of the bullpen, and then J.T. Chargois and backup catcher Christian Bethencourt able to land scoreless eighth and ninth innings. The Orioles were looking to be one of those big underdogs that came through. Not the case for them, as Justin Verlander does wind up going out early. He was experiencing a little bit of calf discomfort, 3-1. to one. The Houston Astros get it done. As Verlander, he goes three innings, three innings that were scoreless, by the way, with six strikeouts. From there, the bullpen of the Astros just continue to do what they do best. One scoreless innings, Rafael Montero did wind up giving up a run in an inning, but Hector Neris, Ryan Stanek, Seth Martinez, all turned scoreless innings, and then Brian Bray, two scoreless innings as Alex Bregman. His deep shot in the eighth inning was the difference maker, 20th home run of the season. He winds up going deep off of Joey Crebiel as Crebiel gives up a one run in one and a third innings. Brian Baker gives up a run in two thirds of an inning as Austin both. Another good start from him. He gives up one run over the course of six innings. Fair to call him a tough luck loser in this one. It was fair to say that there was not a lot of offense from the Cleveland Guardians. As a matter of fact, there was none at all. 4-0. to zero. The Seattle Mariners take them down as Aaron Savali gives up four runs over the course of six and a third innings as the Mariners took him deep twice. Ty France, 15th home run of the season. Dylan Moore, his sixth as Robbie Ray. Seven scoreless innings. His ERA at home is right around half of that that is on the road. Eric Swanson, Paul Seawald, both turned scoreless innings. And then for the Cleveland Guardians, Brian Shaw, scoreless inning, and Angel de los Santos was able to give you a pair of outs out of the bullpen. Sunday Night Baseball. Wound up seeing a calamity if you wound up having the under, much like myself. 6-3 to three of the finalized. It was 0-0 zero to zero going into the bottom of the 6th. The St. Louis Cardinals from there do wind up being able to get a deep fly off the bat of Lars Newtbar, his ninth home run season, and then in the 8th. Pair of home run number 10s of the season for Tyler O'Neill and Tommy Edmond. Those both come off of A.J. Minter. And for Minter, things have been going bad for him recently. Four runs surrendered in two-thirds of an inning. Now, only one of them was earned. Austin Riley wanted committing a bad error, and that wanted costing the team because 
The Braves were up by a count of 3-2. Going to that inning thanks to a Dansby Swanson home run off of Ryan Elsley. Takes a 100-mile-per-hour pitch deep for his 17th home run season for Elsley. He gives up one run over the course of one and a third innings because the first two men were put on base by Wayno Adam Rainwright, who gives up two runs in six and two-thirds innings. Relatively solid start there. And then Giovanni Gallegos, a scoreless inning as for Atlanta. Jake Odorizzi wasn't bad in this one. He gave up one of those home runs, two runs in total over the course of five and two-thirds innings. And then from there, the rest of the bullpen was relatively solid. Dylan Lee and Colin McHugh both give a pair of outside the bullpen. Jay Jackson was able to also lend a scoreless inning. The Detroit Tigers wind up jumping all over the Walker Texans Rangers. 9-8 to f- the final. So the Tigers, they scored 20 runs in the final two games of this series as they did wind up getting one home run in this one. Jameer Candelario, 12th home run of the campaign as for the Detroit Tigers. They turn three double plays. Drew Hutchinson gives up two solo home runs over the course of five and two-thirds innings taking him deep. You wind up having Corey Seager be able to get one bomb, 27th home run season. He then would go deep off of Gregory Soda as well for his 28th home run season. Then Nate Lowe gets the other home run off of Hutchinson, 22nd home run season. And then Cole Callen gets a home run off of Alex Lang for his 12th home run season for Lang. Gives up three runs at an end. Gregory Soto gets just one out before giving up three runs as Joey Jimenez had to clean up the mess. He gets save number two with a pair of outs out of the bullpen and Andrew Chafin. He winds up blending five outs out of the bullpen as well as the Rangers. They were down by a count of nine to two going into the bottom of the eighth. They played six runs, not quite enough because Koji Iohara was terrible. Six runs were under, including that home run over the course of three and a third innings. Brett Martin, pair of outs out of the bullpen. Jose Leclerc, Matt Moore, Jonathan Hernandez, all turn scoreless innings. But Brock Burke, who had entered into this game with right around a one year eight, gives up three runs over the course of two innings. So that turned out to be not necessarily so great for the team. And you take a look at Major League Baseball right now. What has been not necessarily going so great for you is betting on favorites. I wind up getting this from one of our good friends of the show. He does a great job over there at PicksWise. Jared Smith as he wound up actually responding to me saying that, oh, these underdogs have been doing a relatively solid job recently. And he tweeted this out. This was prior to Sunday. Favorites of minus 250 or greater entered into the day. 130 and 56, which that's 69.9% straight up. But if you bet the money line in every one of these spots, you're down over $1,110. And after what we wound up seeing on Sunday, it's even worse now. If you bet $100 on every single one of these. Meanwhile, if you bet $100 on these same favorites on the run line, you actually would have been up $491 going into Sunday. So I do think that that is something that is very, very important to note. And he noted this as well. If you've been betting the run line on underdogs, and this was going into Sunday. Run line underdogs, they are 1,047 and 806. The reason why it's not quite the same as money lines is that if the game does not wind up going a complete nine innings, you just wind up having that voided. The, as I always like to call it, the losing team must get 27 outs for you to have full game run lines, totals, list goes on and on in terms of props. But for run lines, if you bet the run line on every single one of these underdogs, you are up $14,582, just $100 bets. Meanwhile, if you bet the money line on these same underdogs, you are $742 and $1,111. This is going into Sunday down $10,996. That is really something that you do want to note. And overall for the season, we have been seeing the unders being able to come through as well as unders they've been able to a little bit over 51.7% of the time as it's a mark of 933 unders to 871 overs. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at what we've been able to get over the last 30 days, we have been seeing the unders really be able to come through recently. 200 unders to 183 overs in the time span. Favorites hitting at right around 60.4%, 247 and 162 straight up with home favorites 
154 and 89. But once again, a lot of these run lines have not been coming through with these favorites. So that's what we're seeing in baseball right now. And that's what we wound up getting on Sunday. Coming up next, we're going to be joined by Jeff Parle. So it's a great job over here at VSIM. We're going to be looking at some of these playoff races. Teams are starting to heat up and cool down. And we are also going to be diving into Monday's card right here on the Baseball Betting Show. It's myself, Craig Peterson, now a part of the VSIM Family Podcast. Stay connected and never miss a beat with AT&T. Our reliable network covers more roads than any other carrier, ensuring you're always in the loop. Whether it's tournament upsets, buzzer beaters, or social media buzz, stay up to date. Don't let the action pass you by. Check if you're eligible for a free trial of in-car Wi-Fi at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. And keep the madness going. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Looking for a better solution to keep your firearms in high-performance condition? Visit RiptideArmory.com for the most advanced proprietary gun cleaning formula on the market. Right now, get up to $40 off any cleaning kit for a limited time on RiptideArmory.com and take advantage of this amazing deal today. Riptide's two-step cleaning kit offers state-of-the-art technology and guaranteed satisfaction. Riptide Armory is a veteran-founded business, and you can trust that all chemicals are American-made and quality-tested. Shop RiptideArmory.com. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Looking for a better solution to keep your firearms in high-performance condition? Visit RiptideArmory.com for the most advanced proprietary gun cleaning formula on the market. Right now, get up to $40 off any cleaning kit for a limited time on RiptideArmory.com and take advantage of this amazing deal today. Riptide's two-step cleaning kit offers state-of-the-art technology and guaranteed satisfaction. Riptide Armory is a veteran-founded business, and you can trust that all chemicals are American-made and quality-tested. Shop RiptideArmory.com. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. 
When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from... From your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Looking for a better solution to keep your firearms in high-performance condition? Visit RiptideArmory.com for the most advanced proprietary gun cleaning formula on the market. Right now, get up to $40 off any cleaning kit for a limited time on RiptideArmory.com and take advantage of this amazing deal today. Riptide's two-step cleaning kit offers state-of-the-art technology and guaranteed satisfaction. Riptide Armory is a veteran-founded business, and you can trust that all chemicals are American-made and quality-tested. Shop RiptideArmory.com. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast and Always great to be joined by our guest as this man is a multi-tool, just absolute broadcasting machine over at VEASAN. Jeff Parles does an amazing job. I know that he is getting set for what is going to be a tremendous football season, but on top of that, he's been doing a great job on the baseball slate all season long. We are going to be seeing him a lot with regards to all of our weekend coverage over here at VEASAN, taking a look at football, and then on top of that, when the baseball playoffs are hot and heavy as well. I'm sure that he is going to be doing a lot on that front as well. And to be able to follow Jeff on Twitter, that is at Jeff Parles. Jeff with a J, not a G-E on that Twitter handle. So just his first and last name. And Jeff, it is always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Hoops, always a pleasure. I know it's not technically hoops on this show, but you're mm-hmm. always hoops to me regardless of the season. Yep, you we're jumping through hoops to be able to find winners. So we can wind up phrasing it that way because you always jump through hoops no matter what the ordeal is, but with that said, speaking of teams that are jumping through hoops right now, what have you made just out of the, shall we say, not-so-great play of the New York Yankees the past few weeks? Because the Yankees 
They're now going to be starting a new series against the LA Angels, who surprisingly wound up pulling off a sweep against the Toronto Blue Jays. But it feels like every single time the Yankees wind up getting that one win that is going to be able to push them back on track. We saw that with the extra inning game a few weeks ago with the Tampa Bay Rays. It felt like they were getting back on track when they wound up having everyone pound the tower of the ball in game number one of that series against the Oakland A's. But they just seem to not be able to string a good series together. And after they wind up having one big performance one day, they wind up going back to being mediocre. And it's been very strange to take a look at. Well, they won five in a row. They forgot how to play offense the last two days. Look, I think for them, they obviously they played way above their heads when they were, oh, I don't know, 61 and 26 earlier this year, Greg. I'm going to say that was not sustainable. No. I think that's obviously what has happened here. I think their big problem is their bullpen more than anything. They'll, they'll be fine lineup-wise. They've even hit them for the most part during this crappy stretch, except for a few games here and there. It's been the starting pitching regressing and the bullpen. I mean, the bullpen, I mean, Roldis Chapman is on the IL right now with a tattoo infection. And even before that, he was on really terrible. Obviously, the other injuries, Efros as well. Holmes is on the IL. I mean, they really just don't have guys out. It's gotten so bad, they just, uh, they just signed Chase and Shreve. That's really the bigger thing for me. I'm more concerned about their bullpen long-term and their pitching than their lineup. I think their lineup will be fine. I know Judge has really been the only guy who's been consistent there, but I think they'll be all right. I still have them as the second-best team in the AL, even though we're going to have to monitor whatever happened to Verlander earlier on Sunday where he left with a calf thing after three innings. So that could make things really weird in the American League, but the Yankees seemingly down from what they were. The Astros haven't been the same since Jordan got hurt. Maybe we get a weirdo AL representative when it's all said and done. How about that? That would be very strange because I've been saying it on this podcast for the longest time. It feels like the Astros are the clear number one team in the American League. The Yankees that clear number two team. And then from there, everyone is fighting for third. Even though we have seen the New York Yankees wind up progressing, well, the Toronto Blue Jays, every single time, it looks like they're going to get on track. They stub their toe and they do something like, oh, I don't know. Get swept at home by the LA Angels who have been terrible since the beginning of the month of June. So that wasn't necessarily a too terrific of a look, but a team that is not going to be in action on Monday. And I talk about this team quite a bit because pre and post game O's for them, Curtis Rogers come on quite a bit. The Seattle Mariners, is there a chance that they could be able to wreck the apple cart and be able to wind up making some noise out there in the American League? Because the more I take a look at the Seattle Mariners team, the more I really like them because even though the offense isn't like high powered or anything like that, I think Mitch Hanniger, him coming back is one of the more under the radar things that we've seen in baseball the last month. And on top of that, this bullpen has been lights out since the beginning of the month of June. Yeah, I kind of stunned that Paul Seawald actually held up as well as he has. For two Uh, years now. Yeah, no, it's kind of crazy. He was a mediocre reliever with the Mets and now he's found lightning in a bottle for two years. The thing that makes Seattle interesting is they have Three guys in the rotation now in Castillo, Ray, and Gilbert that, guess what? You can trust them to go out there and win playoff games. And that's going to be awfully hard, one, two, three, for whoever draws them in the wild card series to beat. And then, yeah, look, I guess you want to draw the Astros in the shorter series because more fluky things can happen in a smaller sample size. And then you draw to draw the Yankees in the ALCS if you're them. But, yeah, I think the Mariners and Cleveland, I think those are the two teams of the wild card teams that I think have a shot, Toronto's just too inconsistent. I don't buy them. And I don't think Tampa's really that good. So if you're going to go off the board and not take one of those first two teams in Houston and the Yankees, it has to either be Seattle or Cleveland. And the fact that I'm even saying Cleveland is wild because up until about three weeks ago, we're all thinking, oh, 
at some point they're going to blow the division. Either the White Sox will finally win some games or the Twins won't twin. The Twins have twinned and the White Sox suck. The Guardians have taken full advantage of that. Yeah, I mean, it's been a case where the White Sox, until they wind up canning the man that is currently managing this team, there's absolutely no trusting in them whatsoever because we talk about the Blue Jays getting swept at home. Greg, 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 they just got swept at home by the Diamondbacks. I was about to say, they just got swept at home by the Diamondbacks. And I recognize that Merrill Kelly is a relatively solid pitcher, but good grief. I mean, was Dylan Cease on the mound, and when Dylan Cease gives you eight innings, giving up two runs, you've got to win that game against Zach Davies, and yet somehow, some way, they find a way to be able to pee it away. There is no trusting in the White Sox whatsoever. It's joining me on the podcast. We do have Jeff Parles, and I mean, from a futures perspective, the Cleveland Guardians, you just want to mention them. I feel like they're the clear best team in the division. Now, we're going to have the Minnesota Twins in action on Monday, and I think that this is actually a very big game for them. Dylan, don't call him Al Bundy, is going to be on the mound against Brian Bayo. I feel like the Twins really need to win out moving forward, but, I mean, there's no trusting in the White Sox, and I think that they're as good as Toast, and this whole White Sox season comes back to the fact that they stuck with Tony La Russa as their manager. We have seen the success that the Philadelphia Phillies have had ever since they can Joe Girardi now. The Angels, it didn't wind up going the best for them ever since they can Joe Madden, but I don't think that there was anything that was going to be able to fix that team unless if they wound up just being able to, oh, I don't know, actually sign some bullpen pitching in the offseason. Just different discussion for a different day, but I just take a look at this White Sox team, and it's so tragic as to what's happened because, I mean, fans of the White Sox deserve better, the team deserves better, and right now they're being brought down by an 80-year-old man. You're telling me Tony LaRusso? A guy who had the game pass him by 15 years ago isn't the guy to lead the White Sox to the promised land. Shocker. Oh no. Oh, my God. What a groundbreaking stuff. Now I mean, Greg. It was obvious when this hire was made that the White Sox would underachieve. Granted, I mean, they made the playoffs the last two years. I know the 2020 season, take that as you may, they made it as the seventh seed that year and then lost in three to the A's. And then last year, lost in four to the, uh, the Astros after winning the Central, but no. The White Sox are far and away the biggest disappointment in baseball. I don't even think it's a contest at this point. Even the Brewers, like, you could have saw a path where the Brewers missed the playoffs, Greg. It was unlikely coming into the year, but you could see a path. Their lineup underachieves. The top-end starters aren't quite as good, and we didn't see them trading Josh Hader, and Hader's now, like, the worst pitcher in baseball the last month. (laughs) But you at least could have seen a path, because you could have said, all right, you know what? There's going to be three teams in the National League East that are good and three teams in the National League West that are good. And then the Brewers would be the odd team out with the Cardinals winning the division. You could have at least seen that going into the season. There was no conceivable path for the White Sox missing the postseason unless if Tony LaRusso screwed it up. Now, they've had horrible injury luck on top of that. But even so, even with the injury luck, you're dealing with a Cleveland team that has very much overachieved in front of them. Minnesota finally choked like the Twins always do. Okay, the White Sox are a massive disappointment. I expect Cleveland to win that division. That is the one. You're Toronto. You better get out of that sixth seed because that is a bad matchup for the Blue Jays, especially with their home road splits with their pitchers. That is a bad matchup for Toronto. If they get Cleveland, I'm absolutely going to be looking to see how that series price is priced because I think the books will misprice that and make Toronto, even though they're on the road, a favorite in a best of three, and I don't think that's right. 
I agree with you there because you just mentioned it with the home and road splits with the Blue Jays. That's joining me on the podcast. We do have Jeff Parles of Beeson. And I take a look at the man that's going to be going on the mound in Monday's game in Jose Barrios. And I will give Jose Barrios a little bit of credit where credit is due. Last two road starts have not been a calamity for him, but he still has north of a six area on the road. If they dare give you Kikuchi another start, oh, Boy, I mean, he has been so bad, it's not even funny. And then you've got Mitch Wyatt, too. I mean, he's nothing more than a dude. He winds up coming in from the LA Dodgers. He's got right around a four ERA. There's nothing great. There's nothing terrible about him. I mean, he's a functional pitcher, but at the same time, he's not a guy that you want to be relying upon for starts in a playoff series. Ross Tripling has been someone that I've been impressed with, but we wind up seeing him on Sunday wind up getting lit up if you're relying upon him to give you big starts in the postseason. Not a place where you want to be, and... I do think that there's probably going to be a little bit of value on the Blue Jays on Monday. I guess Avier Assad is going to be going for the Cubs, who he had one of the luckiest starts I have seen all season long when he wound up going up against the St. Louis Cardinals last week. I think that he wound up going four scoreless while allowing like 10 men on base. How that winds up happening, I have no idea, but he somehow pulled the magician act there. I think that there's going to be big regression there, but to the overall point of the Blue Jays, I do think that it's a very dangerous game that they wind up playing with their pitching because when you wind up having Kevin Gosman out there, when you wind up having Alec Manoa, I recognize Manoa has regressed a little bit throughout the season. These are guys you're able to trust in that back half of the rotation. There is no faith he could place in any of those guys. Well, look, in a three-game series, you're not going to have to go deep in your rotation. You're the Blue Jays. You're hoping that that Gosman and Manoa win the first two games. You don't even have to yep. worry about a game three in a best of three. And then I don't know what you would do if you're in Toronto. I guess you go with Barry. Oh, boy. Imagine Barrios on the road in a in a in a, in a, in a winner. You have to bench him at home. I mean, that's something that the Blue Jays have to face because they've got guys that are very solid at home but that are pitiful on the road. Right, but Greg, in a best of three, if they're the five or the six, all those games are on the road. So you're almost looking yeah. at a scenario where you might have to start stripling in a winner-take-all game. You're in a scenario. And again, Toronto knew this from earlier in the year. If Toronto draws Seattle with the games in Toronto, Robbie Ray can't go. Robbie Ray wasn't vaccinated when they went earlier in the year. That's a scenario where, where all of a sudden you could end up with a scenario where, oh, get a little bit of an advantage without having to face one of those potential aces for Seattle. So I think that Seattle will be all right. They just throw Kirby in that third game instead of Ray. But no, Toronto is the one team that needs home field in that best of three. I don't think they get there. I think they're going to be either the five or the six. When it's all said and done, I think Seattle's going to be the four. I think they hop hop Tampa. And Tampa and Toronto, in some order, will be five, six. And regardless of what it is, that's not going to be particularly easy for either of those teams, either going to Seattle or going to Cleveland, to win the best of three. I think, Greg, I think we're going to see a lot of chalk in these best of three series, which means we're probably going to get three out of four upsets. Because the way it, it all plays out right now, Whoever finishes second in the NL East, I think, is going to be a massive favorite over the Phillies, assuming the Phillies are the five seed. And then I think the Cardinals will beat the Padres if that's the three six. You could flip the two of them. I would still like the NL East second place finisher over San Diego, and I still would like the Cardinals over Philly. And then the AL, I think it's Cleveland, and then whoever gets home field as that four seed, I think that team will win, regardless of who it is. I would have to really consider it a little bit harder if it's Tampa, because we know there's no home field advantage down at the trap. But if it's Toronto or Seattle getting home field, I'm going to like them regardless of the opponent in the 4-5 matchup. So Blue Jays versus Padres in the World Series. Got it. We're going to rock that Rays, one in. Rays versus Padres, Greg. Rays, Rays Padres. Rays. Got it. Yes. All right. In a, in a matchup Fox will love. 
Oh, absolutely. A ratings bonanza right there. Although I will say, if you do wind up getting the Blue Jays in the World Series, there are no more passionate fans out there than the folks north of the border. They absolutely love the Toronto Blue Jays. So actually, I do think that the media markets in the United States might not be the world's biggest fans of that. International markets, they would absolutely love it. So we are going to be seeing a lot of interest there. And Jeff, when it comes to the slate for Monday, a little bit of a smaller slate. Anything that you're going to be taking a look at in terms of firing it on, whether it be overnight or perhaps in the AM? Oh, Greg, look, I think the bigger thing is we got to see when this Sunday night game actually starts. That's a big thing that I'm looking at, though, the Sunday night fade. Yeah, like if this game starts later, I don't love I don't love Chase Anderson obviously for the Reds, but don't you have to take a shot on the Reds, especially if this game gets delayed super late? I'm here to try everything to get this game in because it's the last time Atlanta goes to St. Louis, obviously, and the Braves are one of the teams that might actually need to play 162 games the whole year because that Met Brave race could legitimately come down to the last day. I would look at the Reds. God, that's gross. But I guess <laughs> that's kind of the way you would look at it there, Greg, on Monday's card. And I get this from Tyler Wyatt at BetSmart US. What do you think teams coming off of Sunday Night Baseball and playing on Monday are this season? Uh, I think I saw you retweet it. I think they've only won three times, right? Two times? It's a low number. On the road, they're 3-11, and hitting at 21.4%. Overall, home and road, 6-15, and 28.57%. It's absolutely it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's numbers, Greg. <laughs> and these are typically good teams that wind up playing on Sunday Night Baseball. We are typically not getting... Teams that are below 500 coming off of Sunday Night Baseball and playing on Monday as well, which is just shock, which is just shocking. What's more shocking is how tremendous you do every single day, Jeff. We always love having you aboard on this podcast, and I know you've got a lot going on at Beeson. I know that there is a lot of shakeups that are happening, but whatever you can disclose, let us know and let the good people at home know how they're able to follow you on social media and other platforms. Yeah, I would say just tune in to Monday's a numbers game at 10 o'clock Eastern time. On Monday, I'll have more information then. Greg, I think that's uh, kind of where we're at. I know the network will have more information. A little bit of a shuffling of the deck, obviously, we saw on Friday. Like Palm and Amal Shah say goodbye to Odds On. We heard Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin say goodbye to primetime action on Friday night. But Greg, all I'm going to say is I'm still employed. That's all I know. So <laughs> that's a good step one, I would say. Yep, and I am sort of like the Leonardo DiCaprio gif. I am not going anywhere. I'm not leaving. So have no fear there as well. And Jeff, a man that always is here for the winners, always does a great job on this podcast. It is always a pleasure to get him aboard. A big thanks to Jeff Carls for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Show, now a part of the Beeson Family of Podcasts. Coming up next, it is that time of podcast to give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Monday as we touch them all. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. See if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity be a roadblock in your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. 
Looking for a better solution to keep your firearms in high-performance condition? Visit RiptideArmory.com for the most advanced proprietary gun cleaning formula on the market. Right now, get up to $40 off any cleaning kit for a limited time on RiptideArmory.com and take advantage of this amazing deal today. Riptide's two-step cleaning kit offers state-of-the-art technology and guaranteed satisfaction. Riptide Armory is a veteran-founded business, and you can trust that all chemicals are American-made and quality-tested. Shop RiptideArmory.com. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very of all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. See if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity be a roadblock in your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Looking for a better solution to keep your firearms in high-performance condition? Visit RiptideArmory.com for the most advanced proprietary gun cleaning formula on the market. Right now, get up to $40 off any cleaning kit for a limited time on RiptideArmory.com and take advantage of this amazing deal today. Riptide's two-step cleaning kit offers state-of-the-art technology and guaranteed satisfaction. Riptide Armory is a veteran-founded business, and you can trust that all chemicals are American-made and quality-tested. Shop RiptideArmory.com. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very of all slow. The, of all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, Elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. 
Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Looking for a better solution to keep your firearms in high-performance condition? Visit RiptideArmory.com for the most advanced proprietary gun cleaning formula on the market. Right now, get up to $40 off any cleaning kit for a limited time on RiptideArmory.com and take advantage of this amazing deal today. Riptide's two-step cleaning kit offers state-of-the-art technology and guaranteed satisfaction. Riptide Armory is a veteran-founded business, and you can trust that all chemicals are American-made and quality-tested. Shop RiptideArmory.com. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. It is always a pleasure to get Jeff Parles on the show. He does an absolutely incredible job. Over here at Visa, and I know that he's going to be in a little bit of a new role starting up this week, so we're just going to say he is a multi-duo player over here at Visa, and I know that he has contributed a lot over the weekends the past few years. I know that he's going to be doing a lot with our football coverage this season as well, and it is always a pleasure to be able to get him aboard on this podcast. So big thanks to Jeff for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast to give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Monday as we touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that, as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at GUNET underscore 81. Going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order. This is where we wind up going with the National League games first, then the American League games, any interleague games. Those are going to be at the bottom. That'll keep things all nice, neat, clean, and easy. So without further ado, let's dive in. Starting with 901, 902 on the betting board. It is the St. Louis Cardinals on the road facing off against the Cincinnati Reds. Yes, we are on a Cincinnati and they're on to Miles Michaelis getting the start for them. And Jace Anderson is going to be on the bump for the Reds. The Reds are anywhere between a plus 181 to a plus 195 underdog. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the Red Legs, it's anywhere between minus $2 and minus 215 with 9.5 being your total. Under is minus 115 and the over is minus 105. I'm not even kidding when I say that teams coming off of Sunday Night Baseball and playing on Monday, they are hitting at less than 30% straight up for the season. I believe that the exact percent is 27.5%. The exact number is escaping me, but it's somewhere between 27 and 28.5%. These teams have been terrible coming off of Sunday Night Baseball, and I think that we're going to see another stink burger here from the St. Louis Cardinals. And 
I take a look at Chase Anderson, and you got to think that there's going to be a lot of desperation here for Chase Anderson, someone who has been a journeyman pitcher last season. He was spending his time with the Philadelphia Phillies. It did not wind up going well from there. Last time he was really relevant was with the Milwaukee Brewers back during the 2019 season. And you know what? Banking on guys that are getting their like last chance because if Chase Anderson flames out here, he's probably going to be pitching overseas and or not pitching at all. It typically is not the worst thing in the world. We have been able to see quite a few of these guys be able to rise up, be able to provide a little bit of a speed bump. And you do take a look at what Jace Anderson has wound up doing at the minor league level of the season as he has spent a little bit of time with the Durham Bulls along with the Toledo Mud Ends and hasn't necessarily been great, hasn't necessarily been terrible. He's got a 7-3 and record. The big issue for him is that at the minor league level, he's given up right around 1.8 home runs per nine innings that he is going to be having to go up against the duo of Paul Goldschmidt along with Nolan Arenado, a duo that going into what we wound up seeing on Sunday Night Baseball, they were combining for about 60 home runs, and you got Paul Goldschmidt with north of a 400 on base, hitting a 340 overall for the season. Arenado hitting a little bit over a 300, and a lot of these other guys, they've been able to find their form. Dylan Carlson, Tommy Edmund, Lars Newtbar, hitting between about a 245 to a 255, with Newtbar really being able to pick it up ever since the All-Star break as well, and when Albert Pujols has been out there, it's been hitting over a 400 over the last five weeks. But then you do take a look at the flip side for the Cincinnati Reds, and they were held down a little bit yesterday, but this is a Reds offense that all of a sudden they have been able to fortify themselves when they're going up against guys not named Patrick Corbin, which that's very strange to say. As they scored five plus runs, and now four out of their last six games, Donovan Solano has been able to above a 300 for this team. You've got Jonathan India along Kyle Farmer in between about a 252 to a 264. TJ Friedel, he's also hitting a little bit above a 250 as well. The home run power has not necessarily been prevalent in terms of the Cincinnati Reds team, but with the Reds, they do a much better job at home rather than on the road. As this is a Cincinnati Reds team that in terms of runs per game at home, they've actually been a top 10 team in the big leagues. Meanwhile, on the road, not as he's so great now. For the Reds, bullpen has been an issue all season long. They're currently dead last in terms of bullpen ERA, but it has actually been significantly better ever since the All-Star break as being able to have Alexis Diaz provide a sub-2 ERA. Remember you're saying Martin, since he got sent to the bullpen, has been better because, well, he couldn't get much worse than his north of 10 ERA as a starter, but he and Buck Farmer are all of a sudden giving you some solid innings. And then for the St. Louis Cardinals, we have seen the bullpen start to regress a little bit. Ryan Helsley is back off the injured list. That is very helpful. He's got a sub-1 ERA, but now they're without Genesis Cabrera. Andre Pallanti, a very good multi-inning guy for this team as well. And for Miles Michaelis, it has been a case where he has had some road struggles this season. For Michaelis, 245 home ERA, 421 ERA on the road. He's been giving up right around one home run per nine innings. Now, you don't have to worry about the command with Miles Michaelis. He has been giving up right around 1.7 walks per nine innings. His strikeout numbers, they aren't supreme, though. He's getting right around seven strikeouts per nine innings. He's got a 489 ERA over the course of his last six starts. Once again, four walks in those last six starts, but he's allowing opponents hit right around a 265 in that span as well. This is not a ballpark, great American ballpark. That is necessarily suited for him. I'm going to wind up banking on Chase Anderson being able to give a relatively good start in this spot. I certainly don't think that it's going to be a super low-scoring game, but I think the 9.5, a little bit too high. I do think that the Cardinals, coming off of a little bit of a quick turnaround, coming off of Sunday Night Baseball, that is going to be affecting them. I'm going to be taking a look at the under. I think that Chase Anderson delivers here, was willing to take plus 165 or greater, so looking rights and looking under. 903-904 on the betting board, the Miami Marlins, they play the LA Dodgers. Tony Gonsolin is going to be going for the Dodgers and Pablo Lopez. 
Lopez goes for the Miami Marlins. And the Marlins are in between plus $2 and plus $225 underdogs. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the Dodgers, it is anywhere between minus $225 and minus $255. And if you're taking a look at the Dodgers run line, find that pretty much $135, minus $135 across the board. So it is your total over and under are both at minus $110. I need at least a plus 228 to take a shot on the Marlins. Meanwhile, I'm willing to lay up to a minus 140 with the Dodgers on the run line. So this is a case in which I'm either taking the Dodgers run line or the Miami Marlins on the money line. And as numbers are currently bearing out, it looks like I'm going to be on the Dodgers on the run line for Tony Gonsolin. Hasn't necessarily been quite the same on the road as opposed to at home, but I mean, still... Buck 55 home ERA, 266 ERA on the road, giving up less than a home run per nine innings in both environments. In both environments, he's been able to do a solid job with the walks as well, giving up fewer than two and a half walks per nine innings. Overall, opponents are got buck 69 off of them. There is going to be a regression with that number. I don't think it's going to be today. This is a Miami Marlins team that has been terrible in terms of putting up runs. Four runs or fewer, and now 25 out of their last 27 games. I mean, it just continues on and on for this Miami Marlins team. They don't have a single guy that is currently healthy with more than seven home runs this season. We're in late August. I mean, this is a Miami Marlins team that has played 129 games, and they don't have a single healthy bat that has hit for more than seven home runs this season. That is absolutely remarkable. You've got Garrett Cooper, John Birdie, who are hitting right around 260. Charles LeBlanc has been able to move the line, but Peyton Butterick, along with Lewin Diaz, Gerard Encarnacion, these guys hitting a 210 or lower, just an even bigger poop saying to what is a really, really sad offense. And then for the LA Dodgers, you've got Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Trey Turner, Max Muncie, you're able to throw in there Cody Bellinger, all these guys with at least 17 home runs this season for Betts. He's up to 30 bombs. He's hitting a 280. You've got Will Smith, who's also got right around 17, 18 home runs. He's been giving the team right around a 360 on base. Trey Turner, Freddie Freeman, both hitting above a 310. And heck, Trace Thompson, whenever he's been out there, he's been able to do a solid job. He winds up going deep again yesterday. So, I mean, this is a Dodgers team that they're firing on all cylinders. And then, when it comes to the bullpen, they did wind up using up Alex Vesia yesterday, but Evan Phillips, coupled with Caleb Ferguson, they've got a sub-2 ERA. If there is one kryptonite with the Dodgers, it is the fact that they do have Craig Kimball out there in the bullpen, but for the Dodgers, among their 88 wins thus far this season, 78 have been by multiple runs. And I do think that the Miami Marlins are going to be able to do an okay job in the bullpen. They did wind up using up Richard Blyer yesterday, but they've been able to get some solid innings out of someone like Dylan Floro. You've been able to have Tanner Scott be able to rein it in a little bit more, but I do have my issues with Pablo Lopez right now. Began the season very solid, but he has been regressing a little bit ever since. You take a look at his last five starts, a 6.75 ERA in the science fan, only giving up three home runs in his last 24 innings, but opponents starting at 3.40 off of him. He's not getting as many swings and misses as his strikeouts per nine rate is down below nine now for the season, and he's got a 4.36 home ERA compared to a 308 ERA on the road and when you've got no run support whatsoever it makes it a very difficult ordeal I don't think that Pablo Lopez winds up pitching bad in this spot but I think that Tony Gonsolin is going to be able to keep down a Miami Marlins team that they can't put the ball in play down even further very pitcher friendly ballpark set my total at 6.8 I'm looking under in this spot and with the Dodgers one lay up to a minus 142 on the run line 905-906 on the betting board the Pittsburgh Pirates they're on the road they're facing off against the Milwaukee Brewers 
Corbin Burns is going to be going for the Milwaukee Brewers. I was seeing a little bit earlier that it was expected to be JT Brubaker, and right now ESPN has him lined up as well. Betting boards still reads to be determined, so this is a game that is presently off the board. If we do wind up getting Burns against Brubaker, setting the Brewers minus 278 on the money line, one to lay up to about a minus 144 on the run line, and then I'd be taking a look at a 7 or less to the over 7 after higher to the under. Corbin Burns winds up getting lit up in his last start against the LA Dodgers. I do think that he's going to be able to bounce back. Now, you also do want to keep in mind that the last time we wound up going up against the Pittsburgh Pirates, Corbin Burns did wind up giving up four runs in that spot, and this is a Pittsburgh Pirates team that they're riding high after they wind up shutting out the Philadelphia Phillies yesterday, but with that said, this is also a Pittsburgh Pirates team that they had scored four runs or fewer in each out of their previous five games, so I do think that this is a Pirates team that they're not going to be able to really blossom in terms of the offense in this one. You do have a guy in Kevin Newman at the top that's hitting right around 270, and Brian Ace, Brian Reynolds, Michael Javis, these guys are in between about a 245 to a 255. Ben Gamble's been a little bit banged up, but he's in that fold as well. But really, other than Reynolds, who's been able to give you 20 home runs, you don't really have a guy that's hit for more than 12 this season. Then you've got O'Neill Cruz, Gregory Allen, when he's been out there, Yoshi Satsugo, Balai Madaris, Topico Medicano. These guys hitting at 220 or lower. And then for the Milwaukee Brewers, we were talking about this with Ben Wilson on the podcast yesterday. Lots of solo home runs, not a lot of guys being able to get on base, but Christian Yelich has been able to do a better job recently. He's been able to hit 264 overall for the season for this team, and also Casanera. Over the last 30 days, he's been able to hit well above a 300 as well, but for Christian Yelich, ever since really the all-star break, he's been able to give the team right around about a 370 on base. That has been something positive for the team, and then outside of Yelich, who's hitting a 264 overall for the season, you do have Mike Brasso throw in there Jace Peterson, who's been quite a bit banged up recently, and then Hunter Renfro, Andrew McCutcheon, Colton Wong. These guys are in between about a 245 to a 258. But really what is going right for the team is the Mashers. Rowdy Tillas, Willie Adamas, Hunter Renfro, all at least 23 home runs for this bunch. And then this is a Pittsburgh Pirates bullpen that has just not been great this season. Chase Young as a multi-inning guy as a sub-three ERA. Will Crow has been okay as well, but Colin Olderman, we have seen a little bit of regression out of him. They did wind up having to use up Manny Benuelos for multiple innings yesterday as well. So you do have your issues there. And if it does wind to being JT Burbaker because it's still a little bit TBD. It's been much better at being able to keep the ball in the yard this season. He was giving up nearly two home runs per nine innings last season. Thus far this season for Burbaker, he's been able to really cut down on that, giving up right around 0.95 home runs per nine innings. Has been relatively solid on the road, 388 road ERA compared to a little bit over a five ERA at home with opponents overall hitting in the mid 260s off of him. But you always fear the walks when it comes to Burbaker as well. He's been giving up right around 3.2 walks per nine innings. I do think that Corbin Burns, a guy that has been able to get 11 strikeouts per 9 innings and is backed up by a relatively solid bullpen as well. Brian Boxberg is a sub-3 ERA. Now, Hobie Milner, things have really been going sideways on him ever since the All-Star break, but Devin Williams, three earned runs over the course of his last 40 appearances. You've been able to get some good innings as well out of Matt Bush recently as well. I do think that the Brewers should be able to carry the day against a Pirates team that I just don't think that Lightning is going to strike twice for them. Willing to lay up to a minus 278 on the money line of the Brewers, looking more at the run line, which I set at a minus 144, and then seven or less looking over seven after higher to the under. 907, 908 on the bank board. The Philadelphia Phillies at the red face off against the Ears and the Diamondbacks. Med bomb, Madison Bumgarner is on the bump for the D-backs and Rangers. What is? Is going to be going for the Philadelphia Phillies, and we're going to make this one the DK Nation pick as you're finding the Phillies as a pretty sizable favorite. They are anywhere between minus 175 and minus 180 favorites. Meanwhile, for Arizona, it's anywhere between plus 155 and plus 162. Nine is your total over and under both at minus 110. DK Nation pick is going to be on the under. 
The Arizona Diamondbacks have been a top five team to the under at home thus far this season. And I do recognize that this is an Arizona Diamondbacks team that they rank in the bottom seven of the big leagues in terms of bullpen area with Joe Mantiply really being the only guy that has been able to hold down the fourth for this team. And then having out the fold, guys like Kyle Nelson along with Sean Poppin. And it certainly hurt this team quite a bit. But Madison Baumgartner has been able to do his best work at home thus far this season. 397 home area. 537 ERA on the road for Bumgarner. He does wind up giving up right around about 1.3 home runs per nine innings at home, but he's able to cut down on the walks, two and a half walks per nine innings. Opponents are at 30 points lower off of him at home rather than on the road. And Ranger Suarez has been able to do a really good job for this Philadelphia Phillies team down the stretch. A little bit of a rough one his last time out, giving up three runs over the course of five and two-thirds innings against the Cincinnati Reds. But you take a look at him over his last six starts, a sub-two ERA in this time span, having given up one home run over the course of north of 36 innings in this time span. He has really been able to cut down on the walk, something that was really hurting him towards being part of the season. As overall for the season, Rangers Suarez has given up right around 3.3, 3.4 walks per nine innings in this stretch. Sub-three walks per nine innings. So I really like the way that Rangers Suarez has been able to come out, pulse all-star break. And for the Philadelphia Phillies, they themselves dealing with some injuries in the bullpen. Corey Knable no longer available. His season, it looks like it's pretty much done. Sir Anthony Dominguez is not available, but Connor Brogdon has been able to give you a sub-2 ERA. David Robertson, a sub-250 ERA. Brad Hand has been very solid for this team as well. So you still got some good pieces for the Philadelphia Phillies team. Now, I don't think that the Philadelphia Phillies are going to be getting shut out like we wound up seeing yesterday as well, but it is a Phillies team that they can be a little bit hit or miss with the bats. Bryson Stott has really been able to come along over the last five weeks. He's saying north of a 280 for the team. Gene Segura is back at the fold. He, JT Riamito, in between about a 272 to 282. Nick Cassianos, he had a home run in that series against Pittsburgh Pirates as well for Kyle Schwarber. North of 33 home runs this season. Problem is, he has also been hitting for about a 211. Bryce Harper, he's back in the fold. That winds up being able to help them out as well. But guys like Umando Sosa and company like Matt Fearley, towards behind the fold, have not necessarily been too terrific. And for the Arizona Diamondbacks, they just haven't been able to go deep at home. On the road, the Arizona Diamondbacks are cranking out right around 1.3 home runs per game. At home, it's barely below one home run per game, which I find to be a little bit fascinating. They've been able to have Josh Ross be able to do a better job of being able to move the line. He's hitting a 280 for this team. And ever since he's come over, Emmanuel Rivera, five home runs at a 265 average in 18 games. He has been a valuable pickup for this team, but you do have quite a few guys that they need to pick it up in terms of average, like Kirsten Kelly, Gerald Perdomo, Seth Beer, whenever he's been out there, Jordan Lupo, these are guys earning a 220 or lower. Christian Walker, to his credit, he's been hitting a little bit above a 250 ever since the All-Star break. He's been able to crank out 30 home runs this season. Dalton Varsho, he's got 18 home runs as well, but I do think that Rangers Suarez is going to continue to be relatively dominant in this start. I don't think that he's going to quite keep up a sub-2 ERA, but I expect a good start out of him, and I like what I've seen out of Madison Bumgarner whenever he's been at home. Madison Bumgarner, he's been a guy that you've been able to back at home. He's been a guy that you want to fade on the road. Now for Bumgarner, very, very rough stretch here recently. He has given up five plus runs, and now each out of his last five starts, I think that he's going to be able to get right in this one, though. I'm going to make the DK Nation pick the under in this spot. I do think that Bumgarner going to be able to show off his might at home. I think that he's got more pride than he's been letting on in his last few starts, and I'm going to be willing to take the plus price with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Coming off a nice sweep against the Chicago White Sox, I do think that they're going to be able to do a solid job holding down these Philadelphia Phillies bats, so DK Nation pick is going to be on the under in this spot, and then I'm going to take the plus price as well with Arizona. 909-910 on the betting board. The San Francisco Giants are going to be playing host to the San Diego Padres as Mike Clevenger is going to be going for the pause, and Carlos Rodon is on the bump for the Giants. 
The Giants, our favorites, of anywhere between minus 133 and minus 140. Between plus 118 and plus 125, your price on the Padres. Seven is your total. Over is between minus 115 and minus 120. The under, it is between minus 105 and even. And with the Giants, was willing to lay up to a minus 155 on the money line. If you're taking a look at the run line, finding it between about a plus 150 to a plus 155. I did need at least a plus 150 to take a shot. I would rather play it safe on the money line because I do think that this is going to be a low-scoring game. I set my total at a 6.8. Carlos Rodon has been dealing all season long. You know, he had like two bad starts coming out of the All-Star break. That was really on the fielding. There were things that wound up happening that weren't labeled as errors, like losing balls in the lights and everything like that. That wound up hurting him, so it made it look like he was pitching worse than what he truly was. Carlos Rodon has been on this game all season long. This is a guy that has been able to generate a little bit over 11 strikeouts per nine innings. At home, he's got a buck 86 ERA. Opponents starting at 208 off of him, giving up four home runs over the course of 63 innings. And overall, he's got a home runs per nine rate that is below 0.7. Meanwhile, Mike Clevenger, he's putting together a solid season. He deserves a little bit better than a 4-5 and five record, 359 ERA, 402 ERA on the road, 297 ERA at home. He's given up overall per nine innings about 1.2 home runs per nine. His strikeout number is right around 7.8, 7.9 strikeouts per nine innings. Nothing that'll necessarily blow you away, but at the same time, doing a relatively solid job, especially against righties. He has given up two home runs and earned 41 at-bats against right-handed hitters, but the righties hitting about a 210 off of them, but this is a giant team that they do a good job of being able to do their righty-lefty platoon splits, as well as they really don't have a lot of guys going deep too much for the Giants. It's Jack Peterson along with Wilmer Flores. They right now lead the way with a combined 34 home runs between the two of them. And these two gentlemen throw in there Evan Longoria, Therio Estrada, Austin Slater. They're all hitting between about a 250 to a 265. But you've had Joey Bart be able to pick it up ever since the also break. He's been able to above a 275. Luis Gonzalez has seen a little bit of regression. Tommy Vassell has been in and out of the fold as well. So the Giants being able to piecemeal together things and continue to be a top half of the league offense in terms of runs per game has actually been quite impressive. And then they do have a trio of guys they're able to rely upon in the bullpen. Jarlin Garcia, Camilio Duvall, John Brebbia, all these guys have been able to deliver a sub-3 ERA now. When you get into guys like Dominique Leon, Tyler Rogers, it has been a pretty dark and depressing place for this bullpen. And speaking of dark and depressing places, that's right now where Josh Hader is over his last 17 appearances. He's gotten north of a 9 ERA. It has not been good from now. You've been able to get some relatively good production out of Roberts Juarez, sub-3 ERA. Luis Garcia has been a little bit intermiss about Christmas. He's been able to give you multiple innings. He's been solid, but for the Padres, they've had a tough time being able to generate runs at home. On the road, this is a Padres team that, by the way, they've been able to crank out a little bit over five runs per game, but this is a San Francisco ballpark that I don't necessarily think is suitable for them. They do have a trio of guys that have been able to give you north of 20 home runs this season. Manny Machado, Brandon Drury throw in there, Juan Soto as well, but you do take a look at this team overall, and it's been a little bit tough for them being able to get on base. Awesome Kim has been able to hit a 275 for this bunch. Austin Nola, Will Myers, Jorge Alfaro. These guys are in the neighborhood about a 252 to a 260 as well. So they've been able to do a nice job with that aspect. But you do take a look at the San Francisco Giants team. And I just think that Carlos Rodon is going to be completely dealing in this spot. Do you want to say 6.8 as a result? Still very much a pitcher-friendly ballpark out there in San Francisco. So looking at the under. And I'm going to be taking a look at the San Francisco Giants on the money line. 9-11, 9-12 on the betting board. It is the Boston Red Sox. They have the road face off against the Minnesota Twins. Dylan, don't call him out. Bundy is going to be going for the Twins. And Brian Bale is on the bump for the Boston Red Sox. I see total under is any between minus 115 and minus 120. The over is between even and minus 105. Minnesota is 
between a minus 135 to a minus 145 favorite. So you can stream minus 131 out there as well. Anywhere between plus 120 and plus 125 is your price on Boston. I'm willing to go up to a minus 138 on the Minnesota Twins most places. They do have it to where the Twins are in that right around minus 135-ish range. So I'm going to be willing to lay it there. And the big reason why I'm going to be willing to trust the Minnesota Twins is because it's just a case where Dylan Bundy can pitch in Minnesota and darn near no place else. With Dylan Bundy, you take a look at what he's done at home this season. Good. 268 ERA. 4-1 record. Four home runs given up in 40 and a third innings with the opponent saying a 207 off of him. When he gets away from Minnesota, things go sideways. 283 ERA. He's given up 12 home runs in 68 and a third innings on the road with a 566 ERA. So, it is a big giant split there. For Brian Bale, he's got better stuff than he showed through in his first few starts. He has resurfaced up at the big league level. His last start against the Toronto Blue Jays. Two runs given up over the course of five innings. I don't know if he's necessarily that good. He's also not the guy that was giving up a 9 ERA. You take a look at his minor league numbers. This is a guy that's able to deal. He's able to get strikeouts. The big thing for him is currently command. At the big league level he's been giving up right around 4.6, 4.7 walks per 9 innings. At the minor league level, same thing was happening to him. So, I do think that that is something that you certainly do want to take note of. And for the Boston Red Sox, what they need a little bit more of is power because Rafi Devers is able to give you 25 plus home runs. He and Xander Bogarts both inning above a 290 for this bunch and you've had Christian Arroyo do a great job of being able to move the line along to Alex Verdugo throwing there J.D. Martinez. These guys are in between about a 275 to a 285 for the season. Martinez had a two-month stretch from really late June until mid-August in which he was hitting below the middle line of 200. He's been able to pick things up a little bit ever since then, but certainly has been hit or miss there. Kevin Ploiecki, Bobby Dahlbeck, guys like that at the bottom full. They've been a little bit rough for this team, and then you do take a look at the Minnesota Twins dealing with Brian Buxton on the injured list. That is tough because he has been able to deliver 28 home runs this season, but Luis Arias, he continues to be a good setup man in terms of the lineup at the leadoff spot. He's been able to about a 320, and then on top of that, you do have a few guys that they do just a good job in general behind them of being able to move the line, and they've got functional power. Carlos Correa, Jose Miranda, Nick Gordon, Giorgella, all these guys in between about a 267 to a 277. You've got Miranda and Carlos Correa between 13 and 15 home runs. Ode Palanco, he's won team 16 times. He's got a 3 of 45 on base, so these guys have been able to do a solid job. Question is a bullpen, and that is a big edge to the Minnesota Twins because the Boston Red Sox, ever since the All-Star break, they've got an ERA in the bullpen that is more than a half a point higher than every other team in the big leagues as Austin Barnes, Ryan Brazier, Austin Davis. When he's been out there, Darwin's and Hernandez have all been providing north of a five-year anchor. Woodlock has been relatively solid, but John Schreiber, he's been starting to regress a little bit as well. And then on the flip side, Yonder, and he's been able to lead the big leagues in terms of pitchers coming out of the bullpen with 100 plus mile per hour pitches. He's been very good all season long. Griffin Jacks, he's had a little bit of a rough go of it, but Trevor McGill, he's been relatively solid for this team as well. When you do wind up getting into Caleb Theobar, not necessarily the world's greatest place, but he's been able to do an okay job recently. And I think the Twins bullpen overall in a significantly better place than that of the Boston Red Sox. So I'm going to be willing to lay up to a minus 138 with the Minnesota Twins. It is a little bit more of a pitcher-friendly ballpark, and I do like the way that Bayo has been able to come on as well. So here at the 9 I'm looking under semi-tola at an 8.8. 9.13, 9.14 on the bang board. The New York Yankees hit the road face-off against the LA Angels. Jose Suarez is going to be going for the Angels, and Frankie Montas is on the bump for the Yankees. The Yankees, sizable favorites. Anywhere between minus 172 and minus 180, between plus 155 and plus 162. Your price on the Angels. Eight is your total. Over is between minus 110 and minus 115. The unders eight between minus 105 and minus 110. And when it comes to Mr. Montas, I did wind up setting him as a favorite of minus 172. It comes down to the run line in this spot. Right now, we're finding the Yankees. And we're between a minus 108 to a minus 
110 and I was willing to go up to a minus 112 in this spot. So I would be willing to lay the run line with the New York Yankees. Really not willing to lay much more than the minus 110, but willing to go in on this. As for Frankie Montas, he has done most of his pitching out there on the West Coast and in the state of California this year. He's got an ERA that is sub-4. Now, when he winds up going outside the state of California, it has not necessarily been so great. Obviously, we've seen the Angels be able to shape up a little bit more these last few days as well. They're coming off a sweep of the Toronto Blue Jays and Mike Trout. How about what he was able to do in that last series? He has come back and he has come back with a vengeance as he has been able to pound out, I believe, now four home runs in his last five games. So, this is a guy that all of a sudden has been able to get hot Joey Otani. He's got 28 pounds. He's hitting a 265, but then you do take a look at the bottom of the fold for the LA Angels, and it's not necessarily so great for this team, as I recognize that Andrew Velasquez wound up having a nice home run in the previous series, but he, Kurt Suzuki, Jared Walsh, Mingolia Sierra, you're able to throw in there. Jose Roas, these guys hitting a 215 or lower. That is not terrific, and for the Angels, you still have your big-time pitching woes when it comes to this bullpen, as Aaron Lou, Brian Tepera, these guys have not been as advertised for the scene. Both of these guys, north of a 380 ERA, Jose Cuiata has been able to give you some okay innings out there in the bullpen. And Andrew Wants, sub-3 ERA Ray, along Jimmy Herget, but really hard to have a lot of faith in this Angels bullpen. And for the New York Yankees, the bullpen has not been the issue. They and the Houston Astros, 1-2 in terms of bullpen ERA. These guys have been solid. Luke Bard, he's been able to provide a 2 ERA, mostly with the Rays, but he's been able to do a nice job all season long. Wandy Peralta's provided a sub-3 ERA. Ron Mananakio, he's got a sub-2 ERA. So, I mean, the bullpen of the Yankees is not the issue. The issue is Frankie Montas and the way that he overall this season has given up right around about 2.7, 2.8 walks per nine innings and it's just been giving up a lot of contact in general. But I do think that the Yankees, they're going to be able to shape up with their offense three runs or fewer over the course of their last three games, and really four runs or fewer in 15 out of their last 16. It's been shocking. You've had some injuries with this team. You can tell that DJ turned it up LeMayu. He's not necessarily his full self, but he's still providing right around a 370 on base. They've had to give a few starts to Oswaldo Cabrera. It's been decent. He's been able to hit a 260 for the team. Kyle Gashioka should not be in the fold in this one. It should be in set Jose Trevino. He, along with Isaiah Kinnear-Falefa, in between about a 262 and 270. Aaron Judge has 49 home runs season. Andrew Benatendi has been able to hit a 300. I do think that the Yankees do wind up being able to get back online, but I do think that this is going to be where Montas is going to be able to turn it around. He's got good familiarity with the Angels. I think that this is the start that he needs to be able to get his Yankees senior back online. I'm willing to take the run line of the Yankees up to a minus 110, and when it comes to this New York Yankees team, I do think that they're going to be able to get a little bit more offense generated, but with that said, Jose Suarez, he has been able to do a relatively solid job recently, which is why I am going to be taking a look at the under for Suarez, a 419 ERA overall season, but take a look at what he's been able to do with giving up three runs or fewer, and now each out of his last five starts that has been rock solid, and for Jose Suarez, he has been at home this season actually pretty sizably worse than on the road, 41 home ERA compared to a 366 ERA on the road, but also keep in mind, LA plays much more pitcher-friendly during the nighttime rather than the daytime, and for Suarez, he's been able to do a good job of being able to reduce the walks recently as well, as overall this season right around three and a half walks per nine innings, he has given up four walks over the course of his last four starts, so looking under and looking at the Yankees run line and we have things up with 915-916 on the bang board. The Chicago Cubs playoffs to the Toronto Blue Jays as Jose Barrios is going to be going for the Blue Jays and Javier Assad is on the bump for the Cubs. 9.5 is the total. Under is minus 115. The over is minus 105. For the Jays, it's anywhere between minus 215 and minus 225. And between plus 185 and plus 202 is your price 
on the Cubs. And if you're taking a look at the run line, find that at a minus 115 with the Blue Jays. I'm willing to go up to a minus 130, and it's just this simple for me. Jose Barrios is someone that you're able to trust in at home. You're not able to trust with him on the road. Now, credit where credit is due. Barrios, in his last two road starts, was actually rock solid, giving up a combined four runs three of which were earned against the Red Sox and the Yankees. But for Barrios at home this season, 410 ERA compared to a 648 ERA on the road. He has been giving up the deep ball all season long. 27 bombs in 134 and two-thirds innings, so that's right around two home runs per nine innings. But opponent's batting average falls by 50 points when he's at home rather than on the road. And at home, he's been able to get a little bit over nine straight cuts per nine innings. Meanwhile, on the road, that winds up falling to right around seven and a half punch outs per nine innings. And I mentioned this with Jeff Parles. Javier Assad, one of the luckiest starts I've seen in a long time. He goes four innings in his first start against the St. Louis Cardinals. Gives up four hits, gives up four walks. Somehow, some way, he's a magician and doesn't wind up giving up a single run for Javier Assad. It's not like he was terrible at the minor league level, but for Javier Assad, it's not like he was going out there lighting the world on fire or anything like that. And I do think that regression is going to be kicking in here as well as he's also dealing with the bullpen that Brandon Hughes has been able to do a relatively solid job in. Rowan Wick has been able to look a little bit better recently, but when you're relying upon guys like Eric Uelman and company to be able to give you good innings, that's not necessarily too terrific. And for Assad, at the minor league level this season, between AA and AAA, he's been able to post up right around about a 266 ERA with AAA Iowa wound up having only about Seven out of his 21 overall starts wind up coming there. And at that level, he was able to get right around nine strikeouts per nine innings. He's been able to do a solid job in terms of not giving up a lot of walks. But that said, he was going up against a little bit of a lower level of competition. Doesn't necessarily have good stuff to be able to manipulate batters. And with the Toronto Blue Jays, this is a lineup that is one of the toughest in the big leagues to wind up going up against. As Flyger Jr., 26 bombs. He's hitting at 280. Alejandro Kirk, Lourdes Gurriel, both of these guys do a solid job. Of moving the line, hitting at 290 apiece, and then you've been able to have really a lot of power out of Matt Chapman this season as well as he has shockingly been able to pick it up with the bat 24 home runs this season. George Springer has been able to go deep 19 times, and this Blue Jays bullpen has really been able to shape up as well. They pick up Anthony Bass at the trade deadline. He has been a nice piece for this team, and then Jordan Romano has been able to form himself into a nice closer, 225 ERA this season. Tim Mesa. Adam Simber has been a little bit touch and go, but these two guys, both a sub 3-5 ERA. David Phelps has been able to do a solid job as well, and when you've got a Cubs team that's currently dealing with an injury to Patrick Wisdom, which that's not necessarily too terrific, that doesn't provide a lot of firepower. Wilson Torres has been able to go deep 20 plus times thus far this season, as he along with Ian Happ, both have been able to provide right around about a 350 on base. You've had a lot of guys like C.A. Suzuki, Nick Vandergall, Contreras, who I mentioned a little bit earlier, Alfonso Rivas, uh, between about a 238 to a 252, and then Nico Horner has been able to do his soft job, hitting about a 290 for the team as well, but the Cubs, a little bit down in terms of their offense, which is why I do think that Jose Barrios is going to be able to go out, give a relatively solid start. I do think that he's going to give up his deep ball or two as well, but I think that massive regression here for Javier Assad, and I'd like this Blue Jays offense to be able to bounce back after a tough series against the Angels. Semi-total at 9.6, looking over, and I'm willing to take the Blue Jays on the run line, and that will wrap things up for the Monday edition of the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the VEASAN Family Podcast. Always a pleasure to be joined by Jeff Parr over here at the Network VSIN for joining me in the last segment. If you do like hearing from this fine podcast, Baseball Betting Show, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to this in. First one is my Twitter timeline at unit underscore one. Keep in mind, letter CM. Maybe it does not matter. As per usual, please do send these into the timeline. And the other way, it is via an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it's very much appreciated. From there, you're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five star review. I'll be coming at you guys. Every single day throughout the baseball season. That means I'm coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in.
Looking for a better solution to keep your firearms in high-performance condition? Visit RiptideArmory.com for the most advanced proprietary gun cleaning formula on the market. Right now, get up to $40 off any cleaning kit for a limited time on RiptideArmory.com and take advantage of this amazing deal today. Riptide's two-step cleaning kit offers state-of-the-art technology and guaranteed satisfaction. Riptide Armory is a veteran-founded business, and you can trust that all chemicals are American-made and quality tested. Shop RiptideArmory.com. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.